Hey everyone, welcome to the Communication Coach Podcast, where I'm going to help you to create successful change through powerful and honest conversations. I am your host, Nikki Perfect. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 17 of the Communication Coach Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about how to use the power of influence in everyday life. I hope you've been having a good week, whatever you've been doing. I'm away next week so there won't be a podcast for next week just for this week and then I'll catch up with you a week after that. But we're going to talk today about influence and how you can use influence and the science and practice of influence in everyday communication. And that includes in your work life, in your personal life, if you're a salesperson, if you have a team and you're leading some sort of change, this can be used all of the time. Now, Robert Cialdini is an author and a psychologist who has written several books And he has come up with something called the six key weapons of influence. And we're going to talk about a couple of them today, a couple of them in the next podcast, and then a couple of them after that as well. And look at how we can use them and how people use them against you. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but salespeople are very often taught these six key weapons of influence, especially if they're looking to sell you a product at a specific time and what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you how these um, the the power of influence can be used in your family life and how people use use it in life when they're selling you things. I'll save you a fortune at Christmas because these are often used and everyday life and when you start listening to adverts you'll hear people referring to the laws of influence by advertising and by selling you things. So if you Google the key weapons of influence or Robert Cialdini, and that's C-I-A-L-D-I-N-I, you will see far more information about this. There's several books out of there. There's one called Yes, which I recommend to you. There's one called um, Influence and Persuasion, which is always a good read as well. So if you're starting out in sales or you want to learn more about negotiation, and influence, then they're a good place to start. So Professor Cialdini is a professor of psychology in fr- from Arizona, and he looked at human behavior and how we often use, without even thinking about it, laws of influence, and how when we can use this effectively, then we can influence other people to do an action or buy a product that we want them to. And I use this on a regular basis as a hostage and crisis negotiator, but also in, more importantly, in everyday life. So for those of you that have listened to my podcast before, you know I have an 11-year-old in my life. I hope she never listens to these because you'll find out all the tips and tricks that I use on her. But you can use them to influence your child's behavior, to influence your partner's behavior. Now, with everything that you do in life, you you come from a place of responsibility and integrity so you know these tools are readily available you can go and read up all about them if you want to but use them to help people rather than to hinder people that is what I would always say so let's have a look at the six rules and we have the law of reciprocity we have commitment and consistency we have social proofing we have liking 
we have authority, scarcity. So that's scarcity, authority, liking, social proof, commitment, consistency, and reciprocity. And today I'm going to cover off reciprocity along with commitment and consistency. So reciprocity, what does that mean? So reciprocity is about giving freely. Now this is really important. I have found definitely when I've used influence and reciprocity that if you give and you expect to receive, then this isn't going to work. But we often feel obliged as human beings to return favours that people do for us. And that favour doesn't have to be big and monetary. It can be something simple as lending a friend a fiver, buying somebody a coffee, taking time out of your day just to be kind to somebody. And because we have an innate um, built-in programming system into our, our brains from way, 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 way back when we first uh, became human beings, we find that if you do something for somebody, they are more likely to do something back for you. So let's look at some everyday examples. You could probably even start in the playground with this. If you see kids and kids do something for another child, then that child is more likely to warm to them and or do something for them later on without even thinking about it because they don't know that this is called the law of reciprocity they just do it if you think about your neighbor and you think about doing a, a an act of kindness for your neighbor perhaps cutting their grass when they're not thinking that you're going to do that then they are more likely to help you out if they see you struggling perhaps with your shopping from the car or if you go and ask to borrow a piece of equipment from them they are more likely to say yes because you have done something for them already. And it's about those small acts of kindness that we do uh, sometimes thinking about it, sometimes not thinking about it. And often there are people that say, you know, if you do an act of kindness every day, that the world will be a better place. And there's a reason for that. Because the, the law of influence said that other people will respond and so an act of kindness is giving freely of your time or buying a coffee or a listening ear. And when you give freely, then that other person will, A, appreciate that, but also will feel indebted to you. Even if you don't want them to feel indebted to you, they naturally will. Now, how salespeople use this is because they'll give you a free gift. So often you will know, notice when... Uh, I noticed the other day I had a, a charity sent me something through the post and in it they had put a free pen. Or if I noticed a homeless person doing this the other day, when they were on the train, they would leave a packet of tissues on the seat with a little note. And then they come around and pick up all the tissues if people have got off the train and they haven't taken their tissues with them. So that is the law of reciprocity. And how, how can you make that work for you? You know... Doing an act of kindness, I'm always going to say, is a great thing anyway because I honestly believe that being with somebody in the moment and just helping them out is a great thing to do. And I've seen great results from that and seen the way that it, it does change people's lives. Um, and if you're not expecting something back and they give you something back, then that's great. But what about your children? How could you use the law of reciprocity with your children? You could certainly encourage them to do things for each other. You could certainly... Give them their favourite tea if you are 
wanting them to behave in a specific way. But remember, if you do something that is obvious that you're doing and you're asking for something back, then it won't work in the same way. Then we have commitment and consistency. And although they're two separate things, we'll look at them in one. And we know, we know from our own lives, if you look at people in your life, that consistency from somebody is really important. Think about your teachers. Now, if they came into class one day and shouted at you and then came into class the next day and were kind and caring towards you, this would confuse you because the behavior wasn't consistent. What about your bosses at work? All of you will know people that you warm to at work who are your team leaders or your managers. And you will probably find more people personable when they are consistent with you. I always remember having an inspector when I worked and he was a big influence on me. But he was also consistent in his behaviour. Now, some people didn't like him because of the rules and regulations that he, he stuck to and he wasn't particularly flexible but he was consistent. Now, you compare that to another boss who is one day your best mate and the next day is shouting at you and telling you the team isn't performing and they need you to improve. And you all, I personally find that when somebody's consistent with me and I know where I stand with them, then life is a lot easier. So what about with your children? Are you consistent with your children? So do you... Do you treat them in the same way every day, even when you're tired? And this is hard, and I get this. You know, I look at my own life, and when I'm, when I'm tired, do I treat Megan in the same way that I treat her when I'm happy and go lucky? And probably, if I'm honest with myself, the answer is no. But I get a better response from her when she knows that I'm being consistent. And I read a great book, and I, I can't remember the author's name, but it was about children pushing. They're like little mini-scientists, and what they do is they push you to see if they get a consistent answer from you. So they often ask why three times. And we know that, that, that kids will ask why a lot. And it's also been shown that if you are able to give a good solid answer as to the why question, they're less likely, they're less likely to ask you why again. So are your answers consistent? Is your behavior consistent? Because if you are giving a consistent message to a child they will then understand that that is how it's got to be and that is how it will be. And that's why um, ha having like the same bedtimes or a routine in a child's life helps them to develop and grow because they understand what's coming next because of the consistency of it. And it's exactly the same if we are consistent with our partner or consistent with our friends and we behave in a specific way. Then we have commitment. And this is, uh, this is where salespeople will often get you to write or sign on the dotted line, even though it's not a legally binding contract, because they know once you have signed on the dotted line, there is something in your psychology that then makes you feel that you have to follow through with the commitment because you have signed the piece of paper. And you could do that if, you, if your child is really misbehaving and you ask them to behave in a specific way or you have a commitment from them. So, for example, if you know you've got to go shopping for an hour and every time you've been shopping before, your child has thrown a tantrum in the supermarket or made life very difficult for you, then you can ask them to commit to something before you even go on the trip. So you could say, right, we're going to go shopping. Now, I'd really, I know that you don't find this very interesting. You find it quite boring. But if you do this, if you commit to behaving whilst we're in the supermarket for me, then, you know, we can go for a, a, a cup of coffee or a milkshake at the end. Now, I know that there's some people will say, well, that's, 
bribery with a reward but if you get the consistent behavior then you can come back to it so if you then go into the supermarket and they do start um, shouting and swearing then you can take them back to their commitment to you and you can do this with um, partners you can do this with people that interfere in your life is that the best way to say it? interfere or offer their advice when perhaps you don't you don't want it so certainly at christmas i was giving some advice of if you have in-laws that always or parents or family that come around at christmas and always want to interfere with the christmas cooking and actually you want the space in the kitchen then you get the commitment early doors and you say i'll be i'll be cooking christmas dinner today please stay out of the kitchen because i find it distracting and it's a lot easier for me just to get on and i appreciate that you want to help but you just relax and i'll i'll bring that for you so is that okay do you will you not come into the kitchen over the next two hours and if they say yes and they come into the kitchen then you can refer that back and say you know what you did i'm not being horrible but you did say that you wouldn't come into the kitchen earlier because i just would like to crack on and, and prepare dinner and so you can have those difficult conversations by getting people to commit and then bringing them back to that commitment it's like if you say about homework to your kids and you say right are you going to do your homework so this is giving choice without giving choice by the way where you say you're going to do your homework before um dinner or after dinner and they'll say after dinner and it comes to after dinner time and they go and sit down and watch tv and then you just remind them do you remember you said you were going to do your homework after dinner now i'm not saying they're not going to go oh god i've got to do my homework but they're more likely to stick to the promise that they've made because it's a commitment so that's commitment consistency and reciprocity and in a couple of weeks time i'm away next week but in a couple of weeks time we'll go through social proofing and liking and you will see that salespeople use this on you that you can influence other people always with integrity and use it to help other people as well especially with the law of reciprocity okay have a great week whatever you're doing and i look forward to speaking to you soon Hey everybody, Nikki again. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast and thank you for joining me. You can find me on social media at Nikki Comms Coach at Twitter and The Communication Coach on Facebook and thecommunicationcoach.co.uk. Please like, share and review and I look forward to speaking to you soon.